I went to the, can you, some got, something got changed up here. I'm getting all, oh. Uh, see, the microphone won't even work right for me. That's how unmusical I am. Non-musical, I'd say, or whatever. But, uh, anyway, I went to the doctor Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And so, everything was great. I walk into the doctor's office. They said, well, hello, Paul, how are you doing? I said, I feel good. Took me right into the x-ray room. No waiting. This is a doctor's office we're talking about. Right in, went right into the, to, uh, to x-ray. They took x-rays, you know, on my leg, and you know, I was supposed to be on, out 12 weeks. So, anyway, so I go into the room, and I sit down, and immediately, the doctor walks in. The blessing of the Lord. <laughs> so, anyway, so he gets looking at it, and he said, Paul, how long has it been? He said, I can't, you know. He sees so many patients. I'm sure he doesn't know. He has to read his records, you know. And so he goes in and he, he looks and he said, it was six weeks ago yesterday. I said, yep. He said, this is not a six-week-old x-ray. This is a 12- to 14-week-old x-ray. Glory, glory. And, uh, and uh, <clears throat> I said, Really? He said, well, you sure do heal fast. I said, well, I had a lot of help. You know, and, and, and we get to talking about it and everything. But, you know, I stood on that scripture, Isaiah 58, 8, I think it is. It says that your, your healing will come speedily, you know, because it, I don't think, I never told y'all really how bad the break was. It was multiple fractures and I had a I had a broken rib and you know that bear did a number on me. <laughs> and uh one up we broke all the way through one place and like three or four small fractures. Six weeks. Six weeks. Did it hurt? Uh-huh. Yeah it did. But Everything they tried to tell me to do. I mean, I'm called a problem. I am a problem patient. Because I don't depend on what the doctor and the nurses say. I depend on what God says. So therefore, I'm a problem for modern medicine. You're a bad patient. Absolutely, I'm a bad patient. Because I don't believe what's coming out of your mouth. I believe what's coming out of this. I don't care what you say. I may be hurting. I may have to take medicine because I'm hurting, but I stand on this word. Period. That's a problem for doctors and nurses. So I'm therefore, they see me coming. Oh God, that's right. I'm proud of it. Proud of it. How many of y'all are sick about who you are in Christ yet? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, that was a that was a loaded question, wasn't it? Well, it, to me, it all comes down to how do you see God? Because if you can't see Him, you can't be Him. You know. So how do you see God? You know, and, it, and, and I'm not trying to point out 
defects in the way that you think. I just want to point out things that the, the, the world in general think about God. To me, and to a lot of people, when I look at God, I look at Him and I say, I've got the attitude, what can I do for you? The Bible's full of those guys and those ladies. Full of them. But then there's other people that they come to God and they say, what, what can you do for me? You don't read about those guys in the Bible. Unless it's a negative form, a rich young ruler. What was his name? Not mentioned. But, God, save me, heal me, deliver me. Uh, let me tell you what. When you get saved, I, I'm not sorry, I'm not, I, I don't want to put this on you, I'll put it on me. When I got saved, there was no gimme, 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 God. It was, I'm, you can ask Ginger, I went overboard. What can I do? What can I give? We had plenty when we got saved. The day I got saved, what did I do the next day, Ginger? Emptied the bank account. Why? Because I wanted everybody to feel what I felt. To have what I had. Because I literally, the, the greatest revelation that I had up to that point, which was all of less than 24 hours, was I'm not the same person. I am new. I'm not, you know, I mean, if I, I told you all the joke, right? They always said... When I got saved, I mean, everybody wanted me in their church to give me their, my testimony because they knew what a you know, bad... <laughs> I wasn't a good guy. So, everybody said, man, if God can change this guy, let's have him in the church. Maybe somebody will get saved just from listening to what Paul's got to say. You know, how, what kind of a person he was and what God, you know. And so, so I, um, I started going to churches. I mean, constant. I mean, all the time. I mean, and the first few, well, six or eight weeks, I guess, I, I was doing this, they um, I went in and I, I did the same thing. I told, them, I told a joke. All of y'all haven't heard it. A couple of y'all, you've heard it, that's for sure. But, <clears throat> no, it's all like often jokes. This guy wanted to play golf every Saturday. Him, him and his golf buddy, they met up every Saturday at 8 o'clock and they played golf. That's what they did. They practiced all week when they could work out a little time, you know, and man, it worked. They were sitting there going, you know, they just, they hold it. Don't you do that? It's a, it's a habit. If you play, if you're seriously playing golf, people will say, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Just, it's a golf thing. You know, I do it constantly. And so, anyway, this guy plays golf every Saturday. And so, this Saturday, we're going to celebrate their anniversary. So, his wife said, you ain't playing golf Saturday. He said, what? He said, I'll be home by 1 o'clock. No, you're not going to play golf. You're going to stay home because we go in out. Saturday night, and I'm not taking a chance on you just saying, hey, let's play 18 more. 
Because people do that. It's a thing. It's a thing for serious golfers. And you don't have to be a good golfer to be serious. You just got to be serious. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so she said, you be here by 1 o'clock. Do you understand me? She talked to him like a child. He got what he wanted anyway. Yeah, okay, I'll be home. You know, so you, you know, you, you, you pick your mountain you're going to fight on when you golf, you know. So anyway, so anyway, you, he goes and he plays. One o'clock comes around, he's not home. Three o'clock comes around, not home. Five o'clock comes around, not home. Gets home at seven o'clock. Her face is like a thermometer, man. It's just red and mad. Where have you been? Why, why didn't you turn on your cell phone? Oh, boy, she's just going on and on and on and on and on, and on about it. And, and he said, you don't understand. My golf partner died, had a massive heart attack on the second hole. She said, you're lying. I'm not. Call his wife. It's, it's awful. He's dead. She said, well, the second hole, if I'm correct, you tee off at 8 o'clock. So it, he died at like 8.30 this morning, right? Yeah. Well, why are you just now getting home? He said, have you ever had to play 17 holes of golf dragging around a dead guy? That's who some people are in Christ. They're dragging their old life around everywhere they go. They can't be all they want to be. And when I was giving my testimony in that, I would, I would tell that joke. And I'd say, I'm not going to dra drag that dead guy that was alive a few weeks back. I'm not dragging him in this church. But I am going to tell you what God delivered him from. I'm going to tell you the goodness of God. And I mean, I just want everybody to get it. I want everybody to get it. And, and that was who I was. That's just who I was. I wasn't dragging around an old dead man. I wasn't dragging around an old life. I wasn't dragging around old ways. I really believed with all of my heart that I was totally new. Totally new. That there was nothing, the day after I got saved, there was absolutely nothing the same as it was the day before. Everything was different. My outlook, my appearance, my countenance, my vocabulary, everything that I have changed when Jesus came. And if it didn't do that for you, something may not be right. Because the Bible says that you're a new creation. If you don't feel like one, you're probably not one. I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking to those guys watching. Am I talking to you? No. Are you, are you following what I'm trying to say? We try to make who we are in Christ more complex than what it really is. I am what the Bible says I am. I don't care what you think. I really, 
If anybody who's no, other than Ginger, who's known me longer than anybody, probably Stephen. Do I care at all what people think about me? Jessica. I don't. I don't. Because I'm going to live as a new creation, not an old creation. I'm not going to be a Saul. How many of y'all know I'm not talking about Saul of Tarsus. I'm talking about King Saul. Why did he... Why did he lose the anointing of God? Because he tried to please God. I mean, to quit, quit pleasing God and tried to please people, and therefore the anointing left him. My anointing ain't leaving me because I care more about what you think than I care about what he thinks. I'm here to serve you under his direction, not yours and not mine. Are you, oh, do we get. Hmm. Okay, all right. We're tracking then, right? We're tracking. We're tracking in the right direction. I can't. It's, what's next? So we've got to get that, what can I do for you? Use me. Isaiah, send me. You can't go, send me. You can't go, send somebody. If we're, I said it last week in offering, God has no clue when He's going to tell Jesus to come back. Jesus has no clue when God's going to say, go get my people. World evangelism determines the end of the world. Not what's going on in Washington, D.C. or the Middle East. You understand? When everyone's heard the word, then he will come. We're saying, God, come get me. Come get me. That's not... That's not a good, healthy outlook if you're a Christian. Because you're asking God to get you out of something when he was sent you here for a totally different purpose. He puts you in the fight, not and you're wanting him to pull you out. Does that make any sense? He sent you here for a reason, and you're trying to get out for a reason that's totally opposite than the reason you were sent here. And that, that and when that happens, everything gets crazy. You see, it's how do you see God? God, can you deliver me or God? Who do you need me to go and deliver? That's who you are, Christ. Your outlook. Your outlook. How do you see God? If you can't see Him, you can't be Him. Amen? So, anyway, here we go. We get people, I hear this one a lot, from people my age and older. Well, I can't say old people anyway anymore because I'm one. So <laughs> I'll be sixty in March. Can you believe that? Get this. That's the only good stuff. That's my man right here. He gets it. The only good thing to come in sixty is you get the hit from a short tease. We call them the executive 
<laughs> Executive teacher. But I'll be 60, so I can't say old people. But I don't have an old people outlook. God, you know, hey, God, what you need me to do? What you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? When? That's just my outlook. That's my mental outlook. Why? Because I have a different, I have different optics of God. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. I have... I have a view of God that He placed in me to make me better at what He made me for. I just had to see it. I just had to open my eyes. I just had to become a new creation. Well, who created that new creation? God created you in His image and His likeness, right? If you're a new creation, what happened? That's when He sends His Spirit in to take over and give you a different vision, a different mindset, a different vocabulary, a different everything. Does that make any sense to anybody other than me? God, I hope so. It's been too long since I've been up here. We'll be out of here about two, three. Something else. Okay, I got you. And then people talk about the rewards that God gives you. God's going to lay up a crown of... What is it? No, no, no. I'm going to have this crown, all these jewels, and I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. It's not going to happen. It's true! If you really do what you're supposed to do. If you don't, you won't. I mean, <laughs> either you is or you isn't. But God says in Hebrews eleven six, He says that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Those that diligently seek Him are going to find out one thing in common. Every time you diligently seek Him, He's going to send you on a mission to do something. You're not getting the reward without the work. Oh, you're talking about works over faith. No, I'm not. I'm saying if you've got faith, you're going to be doing something. You're going to be working. I'm not, I'm not saying salvation by works. That's, that's impossible. No. I'm saying when you do get served, saved, you're going to do something to prove your faith every single day of your life. That wouldn't, I didn't figure that would go over well, but I didn't figure it would go... Like that, you know. <clears throat> and then we got people. I was telling somebody this other they thought it was funny. I think it was Terry Bright. You got my key? Okay. Don't y'all don't let him get out of here like you bring my key. Okay. <laughs> oh. People that think that they're not big enough. To change the world. Well, what am I going to do? I'm just, you know, I'm. If if God can change the world from Castro, Louisiana, He can do it with you. I promise you. I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just not big enough to to make a difference. Let me say, 
God didn't create you to be small. When, when He filled you, He filled you for a reason. Because He equips you to get things done. People that aren't filled, normally, when people aren't filled, they normally aren't saved. I'm just asking you, I'm just asking you, How many people don't do anything for God, but you think are on fire for God? How many? Do you know one? Anybody? No. Anyone? When people are full of Jesus, they do things for Jesus. People that are empty, they don't do a whole lot, do they? It's simple to identify your brothers and sisters in Christ because you're probably all working together to are working for something somewhere along the way. If you got to go out and recruit people to help you, you know, find some more Christian friends. Gosh, that was a was that mean? Jessica. Was. No, I ain't asking you, Chris. I'm asking you. <laughs> so I know the answer to that. But anyway, people think they're too small to do anything. And so, there's a West... Who was that? Yeah, I was thinking it was Terry. There's a West African proverb. It says this. If you think you're too small to do something, spend one night in a room with a mosquito. It's an African thing. If you're persistent, and you're persistent, and you're persistent, you can move any mountain. Who was the, the woman that came and bugged Jesus? I mean, she just stayed on him and stayed on him and stayed on him and stayed on him. He said, by what? Now, maybe not like that, but it, what? I think he went, what, woman, what? Okay, just leave me. I'll give you anything you want. Just leave me alone. That mosquito. Just as soon as you do that, like me, get to sleep. Oh, you know. (laughs) Okay. Did you know that in the world there are over twenty-four thousand Protestant denominations in the world? Twenty-four. In the United States, there's over 200 denominations, all using the same instruction manual. How in the world can that happen? If we're all using the same Bible, why don't we? Why do we have to have 200 different denominations in the United States to 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 fit in? It has a lot to do with where you're raised. You brought up. I got really upset after I got saved. Found out everything that was kept from me. I really was upset about it. Here we go. Let me do this again. 
How is it? 200 different denominations in the United States of America use the same Bible and have 200 different doctrines. How? Just tell me how. You want to talk about a church body as a whole, the church. You are the church worldwide. We are one body, correct? <laughs> well, we don't have the mind of Christ because we got 200 different ideas of how, who He is and how He exists and what He does. I've got a good idea. Let's look at everything from Genesis to Revelation and whatever we don't like, it don't matter whether you like it or not, it's still true. Don't skip over it no more. Don't run around it. Don't explain your way out of it. Don't do it. Just even whether you like it or not, it's still the truth. It's a pretty simple thing to me. But that's not denominationally denomination etiquette, I would guess to say. See? There's a lot of things that factor in. One of them is, what church were you raised in? See, I was raised in church. I had to go every time the doors opened. If, oh, God. It was, it was so bad. It really was. Man, I'd have to go and help cut the grass at the church when I was a kid. I mean, I hated that place. I did. I didn't want to be there. And when I got older, a little bit older, have to go to church. Me and my buddies would go smoke a joint and then go to church. That's what we did. It was a little more. It was a little more interesting when you baked, you know. And uh, that's just. I mean, that's just the way that I looked at it back then. But I don't see church like that anymore. I mean, I love the church. <laughs> I love the church. I want to be a part of the church. I want everybody to see and be everything that you can see and be in Christ. But you gotta get, you gotta get that garbage out. If you don't like it, it don't matter. It's still true. Jesus doesn't heal anymore. Yes, he does! He, he, he heals so much that He even gives gifts to men that they do it, and women. Where, when did it stop? Well, it said, um, if love fails, tongues cease, and prophecy, and all those other stuff. But my fail hadn't stopped. My faith hadn't stopped. You know what? Because I see myself as He sees me. I see myself being in Him because the Bible says... In Him, I find peace. In Him, y'all know all the scriptures y'all have listened to for nine weeks now. I'm just trying to tell you, there's, there's reasons that people have a hard time stepping over into that. And if, and if one of these things that I'm going to mention here is you, you can, you can get delivered from that stuff, man. It's not hard to do. It's really not. You just have to believe whether you like it or not. We got definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. 
when I was growing up, 52 Sunday mornings and 52 Sunday nights and 52 Wednesday nights a year, I heard you had got to get saved. To the exact same people that were there every Sunday. I think I may have been the only lost person there. And they scared the hell out of me a few times. I went and got dunked. I said the prayer, filled out the card again. God, I've waterlogged. I got baptized many times. I mean, it was crazy. But when I met Jesus for real, it was not a get scared thing. It was, I see. And a lot of people go through a guilt thing after they get saved about all the things they did. I didn't. I just said, that guy died. Y'all are just going to find him, blame him on that. That, guy don't, that guy's not alive anymore. He's dead. And I'm not dragging him around with me so you can point it... Point at me and say, you just like him. You just like him. You just like him. Come on now. <laughs> oh! I've got, I've got a friend. We were sitting around a campfire at duck camp one day. Drunkard, drunkard's not, you know. And you, do you know how many drunk people bring up God? Oh my God. Every one of them. Every one of them. Want to talk, get drunk and, and then give you their philosophy, their theology, their doctrine. Now I knew the word. And so, so, I mean, so we're talking and my friend said, you know, I think I'm going to go down to the church and get baptized. Just be so. I said, I ain't going to tell you exactly what I said because I can't. We're going to be kicked out of Facebook Live here. Now, but I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I said, you actually think water is going to get you out of hell? Well, the Bible says you get baptized, you're going to go to heaven. I said, no, it don't. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here, I mean, drunk out of my gourd, telling this guy how to get saved. <laughs> you know, you guys, there's got to be a conviction. The Holy Spirit's got to be there before you're ever going to get saved. And you got to get there. You know, and you got to believe, really, 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 and then you get close. You know, you got to get really saved. Get them baptized, don't do nothing. You go, you go down and dress it, or you come up with a wet one. Yeah, and then and then I'm out there trying to practice my golf swing and fall down. And, no, oh. But, you know, I mean, but that's what he believes. You know why? Because that's what his mom and daddy told him. You see, we associate. Here we go. Listen, 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 listen to this. We associate 
more with our parents than we do our Creator. But listen to this. You got more of God's DNA in you than you do your mama or your daddy put together. He created you in His likeness, in His image, and He is in you. My mom and daddy may be in me from characteristics that I have, but He's in me that tells me who I am. You see, but mama, what mama said, mama's an idiot. Your daddy is stupid if he told you all you got to do is get dunked to go to heaven. He, where did he get that from? By the way, I've never even seen your dad at church anywhere. He got dunked years ago. He just, I mean, that's like the, it's like the toll road. He just bypassed church. Got your easy pass cards you fill out. Hand to the church secretary. You just bypass Christianity and go straight to heaven. But that's what their mom and dad believed, therefore they believed it. They associate more with mom and daddy than they do with Christ. And then there's the churches you go to. <laughs> you know, in Jesus, you're not baptized. In Jesus' name going to hell. What about that thief up on that cross? Did Jesus lie to him to make him die easy or something? The only thing he was baptized in is blood, man. That dude was up on the cross died. He never got dunked. He never even said the name Jesus. He said, hey, are you who you say you are? Yep. Help me. This day, you'll be with me in paradise, what Jesus said. Was Jesus a liar? See, some doctrines make Jesus out to be a liar. See, when you say things that aren't scripturally based, you are a false prophet. You're spreading your opinion of the gospel. You're not spreading the gospel. Man, I can preach for like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, you know, and there's so many denominations. And 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 Tom had a quote a while back, and it said the denominations are a remnant of a great move of God at one time or another. The Salvation Army, William Booth, said it. And I believe that Martin Luther, the Lutheran Church. They're not moving like they were when Martin Luther was still around. He reformed the church. You know, uh, uh, the Methodists gave a Sunday school. Baptists gave us Billy Graham. Wow. Yeah, I mean, good people. Good people that believed God, did something great, and 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 then... People looked at what they did the best, and that's all that they push in their doctrine. I, I was raised Baptist. I, I mean, God bless them. Uh, I was raised Baptist, and I believe I never heard a salvation of Baptist church about anything but salvation.
Have mercy. No. God bless them, you know, but there's healing, there's deliverance, there's gifts of the Spirit that help you get through this life, to help you be successful at this life. Do you know what being successful at this life is? Being productive spiritually. It's not about what you get, it's not about how much you make, it's not about all of those things. It's about what you do with the time God gave you here. And some don't have as much time as others. I mean, when I was 18, I'd have signed a contract to be as old as I am now. Because I didn't think I'd live past 40. I really didn't. And thank God. All right, here we go. This is going to, you, you. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. I can do this. I got time. Some people go to a particular denomination out of preference. I did. I went from being a Baptist to being a Methodist, so I could drink beer in the front yard and the backyard. <laughs> Didn't like the preacher. I'm going to go over here to the Methodist church. I don't like that preacher. I'm going to go over here to the Presbyterian. Whatever. People go out of personal preference. The people that cater to what they believe in or don't believe in. You know the fastest growing denomination in the United States is right now? Never guess. Try though. No, that's a denominational church. No, it's close. Episcopal. You know why? Because they can have gay priests. So there's a whole avenue of people that are flooding to the Episcopal church because of their sexual preference. Is that a God thing? Let me ask you this. If we were a church that said, you can't give money here. We don't preach on money. We don't believe in money. You have a bunch of cheap people coming to church here. People go to church out of preference Mostly don't have a relationship with the guy they really need to. They're just going out of duty. Out of, you know, I had I was raised in a church, went off to college, went hog wild, you know, finished school, finally found a girl. I married. Had a kid. Uh, we going. We going to church. Why? I want my kid to grow up in church just like I did. Well, what good did it do you? 
That's the way I felt about it. You know, I mean, I, I had to, yeah, my kid's going to be in church with her mama. <laughs> she was the real deal. Way, I mean, I think since she's like 12 or something, you know, 14, you know, she's a bit, she was the real deal. I wasn't, and I knew it. I said, but I want my kids to have what my wife's got, not what I got. Come on now, be honest. It's a, men, this is, this is the first time I think I've ever seen men squirm in their seats, you, you know. Yeah, I did that, you know. And women are going, yep, mm-hmm. That's the way I believed. She don't go out of preference, you go out of relationship. It's fun to go to church. I'm not drunk to church anymore. I run to church. Why? Because this is where God's people, well, this is where the new, the new people live. I don't care what they did. Have y'all, have y'all ever noticed about our culture in this church, our mentality, we don't care what happened, we just care what's happening now. We have that mentality built into our DNA in this church for a reason. Why? Help people. Help people. I don't, let me tell you what, if you judged me off of what I did before I was saved, I wouldn't have, we, we, I wouldn't have been pastor long. If I were to judge any one of you over what happened instead of what's happening, we're not going to have a good relationship. The church will die. That's why a lot of churches are dying, because you've got a lot of judgmental pastors and deacons and elders and old people. Come on, am I lying or not? I don't know if you realize this or not, but every church in Menden, Louisiana, when a transient or somebody that needs help you know what they do? They give them our number. I said it. Why? Because we don't care. God commanded us to love whether they were lost or saved. If you just want to hang out around saved people, get in the wrong building. God loves those Muslims that Flew in that in twenty years ago. Flew into uh, the Twin Tower, nine one one, nine eleven. God loved those guys just as much as He loved me. They just didn't know it. All right, I'm out of time now. Shut up, Jeremy. What church is God coming back for? Which of the two, which of the two hundred some odd denominations, who's God coming back for? Jesus is coming back. He said, Jesus said this. He said, "When I come, or when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth?" When he's coming, he's looking for a people. Because the church isn't a building. The church is people. He's looking for people who are living their lives by faith, not according to a faith. Boy, that's good. I just 
of Holy Ghost all over that. Yeah, write that down, Tom. <laughs> Got to believe God in the best and the worst decisions that you've made. God ain't got this and everything. You screw up. Yeah, God didn't do that. Okay, I mean, I, I hate that. God's still on the throne. God's got this. Then what are you? Why is humanity here if God's already got this? He needs us to spread the gospel. Ah, I can tell everybody. I can tell a bunch of people have said that. Now they're like this. You know. Stop. Who you are in Christ. Your identity. That's what we preached about for nine weeks. Ten if you count today. This is how you get the identity of Christ. I'm just going to tell you flat out. I'm not going to, you know, try to come at it sideways. What the Bible says about me is true. God's DNA is in me. When I pray for Him, it's for encouragement. It's for, it's for something to do. It's very, very seldom that I pray for me. Very seldom. Why? Because I've got a vision for the world. I don't have a vision for me. I do have a vision for me, but I'm talking about my, my priority is not me. It's out there. It's not you. It's out there. You know why? Because you, you people are saved. We come here to work together to go out and change people that are not. Hmm. God's DNA is in me. I am more than a conqueror. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know why? Because that's what Jesus said about me. That's what he said. And if I can't believe him, I'm done for anyway. Do you believe do you believe the denominational garbage? Don't say I'm not saying I don't like denomination, but love some of them have to put a lot of garbage in there mixed up. Would you rather be accepted by that or be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Be what Jesus said you are instead of what the world says you are. Remember this it doesn't matter what people call you. It matters. Who you answer to. You can say anything you want to say about me. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I've been called everything but a child of God. I mean. But you know what? I don't listen. Because they're talking to somebody that does not exist anymore. They died, and I'm not dragging them around anymore. If you want to identify with Christ, start dragging him around instead of you dragging that old man around. Amen? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. They're going to be... You know, there's a lot of reasons that, that people can't identify with Christ, and it's, not, and it's not their fault in a lot of cases. Like I said, they were raised in something, or they were denominationally 
challenged. Oh, oh God, I'm going to get that. I'm, I'm denominationally challenged. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's, all, that's okay. But you need to find out what, what the Bible says about you because that's what God thinks about you. That's how you can identify. Amen, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you so much, Father, for this church, for this body of believers, Father. We pray for unity. We pray for, for peace. We pray for, for strength. We pray for all of these things, but none of it for ourselves so we can go out and bring change. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus so we would know how to identify with him. When we do what he does, when we do what he says about us, that's when we become, I, that's, we learn our identity. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, anybody need prayer?